This is Real Fiction. I'm Lori Messing-McGarry. Today, Katya Kazimirova joins me from Ukraine. She's a journalist, writer, and founder of Craft Magazine. Her team has a new book out, Voices of Freedom, bringing some of the best Ukrainian writers to English readers for the first time. On Real Fiction, I speak with authors, journalists, and changemakers about their work. All guests have something in common. They're grappling with difficult issues, often with ethical gray areas. Real Fiction is a production of Real Fiction Media Group. If you're listening on KXCV or the Bearcat Public Media app, welcome. Real Fiction is also available wherever you get your podcasts and on realfictionradio.com. My guest today is Katya Kazimirova. She is joining me from Ukraine today. Um, she is the founding editor of Craft Magazine. This is an online journal with conversations about writers, poets, artists, musicians, public figures, really all creators of Ukraine as a creative state. They have conversations with professional journalists in all of these areas. And it is this magazine is described as a common space for dialogue between professionals of all creative spheres. It was founded in 2020 in Kyiv, Ukraine, and the founders, including Katya, um, and the creative forces behind this effort have put together writings for a new book. It's titled Voices of Freedom, and we'll, we're going to talk more about that today. Um, but first, uh, joining me from Ukraine is uh, Katya Kaz. Kazimirova. I'm going to do my best with your name, but welcome, welcome to Real Fiction, Katya. Hello, and thank you so much for inviting me today and your interest in Ukraine. I think it's important to take a fresh look at how artists and journalists are managing these difficult times in Ukraine. And I guess maybe the first question, uh, Katya, is, you know, you started Craft Magazine in 2020, and this was before last year's invasion of the country. But of course, there have been so many other Russian boundary violations. It's, but it's just in this last year that the world has come into more of a global awareness about Ukraine. But can you tell us about what inspired you to start uh, this journal? Yes, it was the 2020, actually, pandemic year when everything slowed down and we all had time to think more about what is important and what we all want to do. Uh, my background uh, in philology, in Ukrainian literature and language, back then in Donetsk. Originally, I am from Donetsk, eastern city of Ukraine, when war started nine years ago, and I lost my home nine years ago. And back then, that times, I was a university professor, and my um, speci speciality was Ukrainian literature. Uh, yeah, in a kind of Russian-speaking uh, region, as uh, Russian propaganda used to say, but not. It was a pretty much Ukrainian city and Ukrainian region with um, uh, great writers, poets, artists, Ukrainian, who identify themselves as Ukrainian. Uh, so when I moved to uh, Kyiv, um, I had to switch to absolutely another profession uh, because... Um, uh, all life uh, had changed, and I uh, switched to technologies, technologies and media projects development. 
And then in 2020, with my partner, she is uh, head of uh, Ukrainian cultural radio in Kiev. And we both decided that we have enough experience already, qualification to start our own project. Okay. And you said something really important that you and your creative partner uh, for Craft Magazine, you are both from the eastern part of Ukraine. And I I just want to stay on that geography for a moment because, um, and, and, and help walk me through this, but that part of Ukraine has both a Ukrainian and um, a large uh, number of Russian speakers. You, I, I think there's still a growing um, need to explain that um, the invasion that happened in Ukraine last year was a follow-on to other invasions which have happened. And that Donetsk, where you mentioned you were uh, living, was um, the victim of an invasion several years ago. So that kind of artistic tension, the the challenges there have long existed in Ukraine. Absolutely. This uh, big-scale, full-scale war wasn't a surprise at all for me and for lots of uh, Ukrainians uh, from the East, because we already had this experience in smaller case, I mean, smaller for universe, but not smaller for us. For us, already then, it was a big and real war. What What is the desire of Ukrainian writers? What What do they want the world to know now? First of all, that... Um, we are exist. Ukrainian writers uh, exist. Uh, Ukrainian literature exists. And it's not just appeared uh, last year when Ukraine became more like uh, heard and seen. Uh, we have um, really long, rich, and distant literature and cultural tradition for centuries, for ages. And deserve be discovered more more and more and translated and read and uh, it's the literature and writers themselves all times of uh, existence of Ukraine was our they were our leading voices of Ukraine always has been in 60s in 20s of last centuries they always uh, were our intellectual elite and that's why a first target for any regime or Russian Empire or Soviet Union and now then again already modern Russia, they preserve the code of our identity, our nation and war what is going on now is um, ideological war, it's a war for identity and the, again our writers our creative figure are the first target in this war. These are people who are um, creating Ukraine. You're creating Ukraine in a war. You're creating the identity of Ukraine literally as it's being threatened and bombed. That's a kind of powerful thing to think about, that um, now that the, that the attention is on Ukraine it's an opportunity for poets to say, this is what Ukraine is, this is what we're building. But can you talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say creating Ukraine, particularly at a time of war? Uh, now, actually, if it's a time of war, uh, that all our writers and and artists as well, like all creative people, they kind of uh, more switch um, to 
recording, like recording the evidence of crimes, literally, through the art. Their voices uh, of truth, and by all means available, uh, they want to tell this truth, the whole, the whole world. With uh, painting, with um, new essays, with poetry, poetry, poetic way, it's really powerful because you um, can't only read news, you can't only scroll Twitter, you easily and quickly can be bored by this. And we all see now people more and more feel tired of this war. I mean, not Ukrainians, but I, I brought on this all media uh, space, but with other uh, artistic and poetic uh, language to explain what is going on, uh, witness what is uh, going on now, yes. uh, capture the struggle, truth testifies, records the evidence of crimes, explains Ukraine and our culture in all possible ways. Yes, I, I think what you said is so important, and that's why I wanted you uh, to be part of the Real Fiction program, because the real and the fiction work together. And there is a, a point in every conflict, in every war, when attention um, starts to turn away, because as you say, it is too psychologically challenging to scroll and get all of your information from uh, formal news sources. So when you see art you read poetry, you read a work of fiction that describes what's happening. It is a different way to document and experience um, a war or a conflict. And I think that's what you are, are doing so well at Craft Magazine. So it's really, it's really in service to documenting the horrors. Yes, absolutely. So you have been traveling, and I know right before we had this conversation, you were making your way back to Ukraine. Can you give a sense of uh, what what you are observing um, in your community? We don't have to say exactly where you are for safety reasons, but can you just give us a sense of what you've observing? I first came back uh, to Ukraine in February after almost a year spending in the United States. For the first time for so long, I was out of uh, my country in the most difficult time for my country. When you, Ukraine is a big country, and even now, different parts of Ukraine, it's absolutely different mood, different energy, and different situation. Of course, all Ukraine lives under the threat of constant missile attack, and uh, emotionally difficult to plan your day plan your life around all these sirens and you can't spend half of the day in a bomb shelter anymore. So people just decided to leave fully and I, I, I don't want to say ignore sirens and alarms, but uh, more so um, scary anymore. So everyone kind of okay with the destiny. If uh, something going on, if it's, if a missile uh, strike point, so it's, it's destiny. It's, I mean... It's really uh, hard to think about this and hard to say that, but it's kind of it is. When I asked my mom in five in the morning when um, the siren started what we should do, and she's like, oh, just sleep. Just sleep, it's okay. Mm. We, we, we can't build our life uh, around. In, uh, in Kiev, in a capital, um, just energy of life, uh, so much younger people. Maybe I just <laughs> got older for this year, but I just see around me uh, a lot of um, talented, creative 
young people who are working constantly. Like all people in Ukraine now have uh, their daily job, uh, donating from their salaries uh, every month and volunteering. So volunteering, it's became just part of your daily life. And this is really impressive. Uh, people united uh, as never before. It's kind of my dream came true then. All absolutely united. Uh, you can meet any non-political, any more person. Everyone is interested in politics. Everyone is uh, trying to understand what is going on and understand the situation. And so we just we're now existing as a political na- nation as well. Uh, just for an example, I for the f- first day I attended musical concert of one uh, one of really our significant musician, and it was really uh, interesting, absolutely uh, different crowd. Foreign foreign journalist in this bar. It was students, other musicians, our celebrities, Ukrainian. Uh, soldiers who had a vacation or weekend at home. And all this crowd was mixed and everyone communicated with each other. Everyone was like one whole community. And I guess it's a dream dream for any any country and any nation. But wow. if you, of course, go uh, further, if you go on the east, it's a different situation. In Kyiv, you uh, can afford not to think about war every second of your life. and uh, I, But I mean, not to forget about, you can be out of the war situation because every person in Ukraine, if you're not directly involved in a uh, fighting in a war, but you have friends or relatives for sure. It's every single Ukrainian has someone who is now fighting. But yeah. on the East, um, the situation is different. There is just um, life and death. There is just uh, darkness and light. And it's all, bl- all black and white. And it's a different, absolutely, life. My, uh, my partner, Darina, she, she's a journalist. And she's working all the time, all this year, with foreigner journalists as a producer, as a fixer. And she's traveling everywhere on the front lines. And um, that stories and that experience she got um, during this year it's even it's hard to describe very hard to describe because it's almost like there are two parallel worlds operating at the same time in Ukraine and what i what really struck me um about what what you just said is that the sense of community is something that you have never witnessed before it's just part of daily life neighbors helping neighbors. It's just part of the new routine. Um, now for artists and journalists who originated from the East, either they are still there or perhaps for safety reasons, uh, they had to leave. Perhaps they're in Poland, Moldova, or other countries. How are how are you communicating with them, and how are they communicating with uh, individuals in the Ukraine? How are you piecing together uh, the the stories that are happening out in the east? Our writers from east uh, they moved to uh, big Ukraine. We call it not last year. It happened when war started in fourteen. Um, it was uh, several names, and they were uh, mostly Russian-speaking writers by then. 
And after this full-scale invasion, they completely switched into Ukrainian. And uh, someone supported this, someone, of course, uh, I mean, abroad, uh, didn't support this decision, fully abandoned Russian language. But it is how it is. And now, uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have anyone left there on uh, occupied eastern territories. It's uh, literally impossible. Uh, Our, for example, writer, children literature writer, Volodymyr Vakulenko, he was killed in Izum last year uh, just because he was just Ukrainian writers and they killed him just for that. They found his books. uh, They found that he uh, was uh, writing in Ukrainian and it's impossible to be uh, just to even stay just alive in occupied, ter- occupied territories. Uh, as for others, other writers who now work in, it's also a unique situation for Ukraine right now because no one left Ukraine. Everyone who, who was working in Ukraine uh, before February 24 last year, they remained in Ukraine. We have several names who um, live in the United States, who live in Germany, but they live there for a long time already. They immigrated several years ago. It wasn't related to the war at all. But this year, uh, no one left. Uh, People decided, our writers decided to stay and work no matter uh, what in Ukraine. And uh, the biggest scare, the biggest fear is to it's losing country and even losing country for a weekend, even um, traveling abroad to Europe. Uh, I, I see I met several people who just was traveling to festivals, uh, book discussions. It's also part of their uh, job now to um, work in advocacy team uh, abroad in Europe and the United States and explain Ukraine. But I see how hard for them just travel to a peaceful countries. Uh, not being with their their country, their land. They're so attached uh, and it's incredible. And we also have uh, explanation for that because all generations before and uh, last time it was 100 years ago and our executed generation of poets who was literally killed uh, when we had our last uh, uprising of Ukrainian literature and culture 100 years ago. And this generation literally was killed or someone who managed to emigrate from um, Ukraine and then from Soviet Times, yes, uh, established diaspora on America and Europe, yes. But this time now, uh, our writers don't want to go, don't want to live, don't want to be Ukrainian literature and immigrate. Uh, They don't want to work outside and they want to preserve the country literally uh, on this territory. Yeah. So that brings us to this uh, new project um, that kind of, I think, is a natural extension of Craft Magazine, and it is that you have assembled a number of Ukrainian writers to put together a new book called Voices of Freedom. And so I was reading about this book, and it's described as having uh, 27 of the most iconic 
living writers whose work is shaping contemporary Ukraine. How did you put this book together? Can you give us a sense of what, um, how you wanted to find the range of Ukrainian literature and artistic sentiment since this, there's just so much, um, there's such a rich history of Ukrainian intellectual um, writing. How did you put this together? First of all, uh, the goal was to introduce to the English-speaking world our literary tradition, not just war literature for this year or last couple of years, not just this topic, but uh, wider our literary tradition and connection between generations. That's why we collected texts from over 50 years. The first hour poetry is from uh, 80s. Ihor uh, Kalinets, representative of dissident movement of 60s. Uh, and till today, till literally uh, last spring, last collection was written. And all of these people, significant represent, representative of their generation. Uh, again, the same with the craft, uh, those people who created something uh, new, significant, and our treasure. And different also forms. This is a poetry, short stories, and essays to mm. show different perspectives and yes. different styles. And as I said, it's not just war literature. Uh, it's uh, different topics and it's uh, poems, essays, and, and stories about a desire to maintain maintain cultural identity, oppression, love, friendship, uh, home, significance of home, feminism, friendship, uh, said, pleasure, and of course, freedom. Uh, all all uh, these pieces connected with one uh, single uh, joint uh, theme, uh, fighting for freedom. Yeah. What is the reaction uh, of the writers that are included, those who are still living, knowing that their uh, work is now uh, more widely available to the English-speaking audience. Is, is that something um, that's, th- that feels uh, gratifying, e- exciting, hopeful to them? Of, of course, yeah, yeah. So any translations, it's uh, so much appreciated in Ukraine in um, different languages. And yes, this last year, uh, the number of translations uh, increases, of course. And I hope yes. th- this... Uh, will remain and more and more translation we will get in the future. And but it, of course it was hard communicating with the writers, with everyone when uh, we started working on this project when just the war started. And um, uh, some of the writers uh, told us, uh, sorry, we are not longer writers because what's the point to write uh, novels, poetry, and stories if we can't change anything with the world? And it's really something really painful to hear. Uh, and I was afraid the more that they really will stop writing. And But... It was a maybe first shocked first months a couple of months and then hopefully they all, all almost all back to writing of course not a big novel not a full um, land uh, fiction pieces we all expected to see more and more in our literature but it's again not not a time for this format it's uh, again time for poetry it's again time for diaries 
for um, essays and short formats. We do not want Ukrainian writers to stop writing. Absolutely <laughs> that... not. That's why we need to uh, support them. Uh, to support them, we need to buy uh, books. And uh, last year, what I spent in the United States, I literally uh, went to bookstores, local bookstores, and asked the people there about books, Ukrainian books, Ukrainian fiction. And of course, it's not um, a lot. It's only two uh, the same books. It's Korkov and Jadan. Korkov, Grey Bees, and Sergei Jadan, Orphanage, and that's all. But this book uh, on the alphabet order with the other books in the stores, even if it's physically present, uh, no one never uh, will see that it is a Ukrainian book. Uh, so what we need to do next and what we are planning to do is work on uh, bookshelves in um, local bookstores in America and Europe. In Europe, it's kind of easier goes, but in America, still not. But I hope it's also goes. And again, the name, uh, the title of the book is Voices of Freedom. And it is a collection of stories about Ukrainian life from Ukrainian writers. We do not want Ukrainian writers to stop writing. We want them to continue to write. And as uh, Katya mentioned, it may be in a different form than wh where where they started from. It may not be a novel. This is the time for documenting and reflecting, painting, writing little pieces, um, uh, um, daily diaries that uh, document life in Ukraine today. So if I could ask you a last question, Katya, what is your what is your hope for the next year? Are you going to be dividing your time between the United States and Ukraine as you take this uh, this journal and this mission forward? I'm not, not clear yet. Mostly I want to spend more time at home. I want to be more time in Ukraine. But of course, um, I will be traveling a lot and we establish lots of contacts with writer center, with a cultural center and uh, a request for book presentation. Now uh, we got uh, eight book presentation, and now more and more uh, libraries, uh, again, the center contacting me and inviting for uh, this presentation. So when I just back to Ukraine in February, I had to back to United States already in March to do more presentation. So we'll see what it's uh, going to be. I'm happy to contribute uh, my time and everything I can do just to be Ukrainian literature more seen and heard. And yes, we want to, of course, uh, work on our journal. We're planning to uh, do paper issue, uh, print first, first number of our journal, and just work on program for new translation. I know you have many plans to do more work. And it's amazing that this new book, Voices of Freedom, is available in uh, for the English language reading population. And again, my guest today is Katya Kazimirova, and she is joining me from Ukraine. Uh, Katya, thank you so much. I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me in this conversation. This is Real Fiction. I'm Lori Messing-McGarry. Real Fiction is a production of Real Fiction Media Group. Real Fiction is available wherever you get your podcasts and on realfictionradio.com. You can find guest profiles there and information about new programming coming this summer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>